Hey, this is Kevin, the student pastor at Short Church Again. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We strive each week to bring relevant, practical, biblical teaching that meets you where you are. To stay up to date with what's going on at the church or to support the mission financially, head over to scog.com or download our app. I hope you enjoy the message. Good morning, everybody. I love, I love, I love Family Worship Sundays. They make a, it a little interesting on Sunday morning. I think we all agree with that. Um, but it's just so good, so wonderful to see, and so fun to be a part of. Um, so I am excited about this this morning. we got some object lessons and some fun stuff going on today. We are in the middle of a series called Follow Me. Follow Me. We're talking about uh, how do we become the best closest followers of Christ that we possibly can. How do we do this? How do we follow after Jesus? How do we become his disciples? How do we do what he would want to be done? How do we speak the words that he wants to speak? How do we align our actions with the actions that Jesus would want us to have? These are big questions. These are big calls on our life. And so that is what we're trying to do in this series. And we're looking at different things that we do at the church to help us become the best disciples we possibly can. And so this morning, we're going to be talking about our, uh, the value of family here at the church, the value of family, how we organize ourselves to exemplify this value on children and our families, because this is a, a value that Jesus has. If you examine the gospels, Jesus is always interacting with kids when everybody else is saying, don't interact with kids. Kids are supposed to be quiet and off to the side and silent and shut up and I don't want to see you and nothing. And Jesus is always like, come on, come here, come here, come here, let's do this thing. Like I would have loved to watch Jesus interact with, with kids. Just loved to watch it happen. Because you know he had, he must have just had such an interesting way with him. And I, I pull this from... One of the examples that are happening in, in the Bible is the kids are basically climbing all over Jesus. He's the human jungle gym. Now, I get that from uh, I'm a human jungle gym, and my, uh, my grandfather before me was a human jungle gym. And so there's this, this idea in my head of, of when Jesus is hanging out underneath an olive tree or whatever, and the kids are kind of like, what's going on? And then, you know the people who come out as jungle gyms, right? They don't say anything. They don't wear a sign. They don't. Anything, but all of a sudden they got three kids in the air and everyone's giggling. And so this is happening with Jesus and, and a couple of disciples are like, don't do that, don't, don't, go away, kids, go back to your home. And she's like, no, 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 no. This is the fun stuff. I got to deal with all you guys and your issues. <laughs> like, this is the fun stuff. Um, as someone who is a, I used to get kicked out of the back at the church I used to work at. Because I'd wind up the kids too much. And they're like, Jared, you can't come back here anymore because we can't calm them down for the rest of the Sunday. That's your problem and not mine. <laughs> so, uh, but that's just, it's just so much fun to see that joy and see that excitement. Here at the church, we believe in a few things. As I was kind of parsing down this message, I wanted to impart three different things into your guys' minds. For us kids this morning, kids... You are valued here. This is a safe place for you. We hope this is one of the highlights, if not the highlight of your week. We organize and spend our money in such a way that you are valued. The second thing is, parents, you are not alone. 
If you look to the left and to the right of you, these people care about you and they care about your children. That's not just a platitude. That's not just something we say like, oh yeah, that's a bumper sticker of ours. It is our heartbeat of who we are. If you look, I I graph our numbers and how many kids are in the back and how many volunteers we have and all this stuff, just so I know what, where everyone's at on Sunday morning. Cause sometimes this room looks really empty and I look at the numbers on Monday morning and there's 42 kids in the back. Like, how did we still have that many people here? Oh, wait, there's 42 kids here. A third of our church, a third of our church every given Sunday morning, if sometimes more is including kids and volunteers is in the back or downstairs. A third. That's ridiculous, right? That's a third. We're, when we have to go to two services, it probably won't because we have, be because we have too many adults. It's going to be because we have too many kids uh, and we need you know, fire codes and things like that. Um, but <laughs> we want to keep your kids safe because we value them. But you are valued. Parents, you're not alone. Parents, you're not alone. I know sometimes it feels like you're alone. I, I got to do this by myself. This is a body of believers that wants to partner with you to say, hey, we can help in some way. Because there's going to be a time when you look at your child and you go, I have no idea how to get into your thick skull. But congratulations. There's a, person, a brother and sister in Christ to the left or right of you that has the words. They may say the exact same things in the exact same way you were, but like, oh, I know there will be a day when I want to wring Bowen's neck and Bowen's going to be I'm like, dude, just go over the Naskrin's house. And Eric's going to be like, Hey dude, you shouldn't do that anymore. And Bowen's like, Oh, that's brilliant. Dad, dad, did you know what Mr. Eric said to me? That's fantastic. I know that's going to happen to me because I was in that guy as you know, 12 years in youth ministry. Parents are like, I was saying that all the time. And you're like, and you get to be the good guy. Hey, hey. Uh, so it happens. But as a body of believers, we get to do that for each other. Okay. You can do it by yourself. It's just a whole lot harder. And so here, as we look around, you go, hey, these are the people we're going to do life with. And parents, you are valued. You're not alone. I know sometimes it feels like you are. You are not alone. And church, it's our job. It's our job to love on these kids. It's our job to raise these kids. It's our job to, to step in lockstep in prayer and, and tangible ways with these kids. You see a parent that looks like they're going to lose their mind. Say, Hey, can I take your kid today? I, it was a year ago. We had, it was one of those weekends where you're like, I, I, I don't know what's happening. I look at Kelly. I'm like, do I know you? Uh, you know, one of those weekends, you know, what's going on. And the Stepians, Beth goes, can I take your kids this afternoon? <laughs> Bless you. You know, the Holy Spirit worked through Beth Stepien to say, can I take your kids this afternoon? She didn't know what was going on. She didn't know that we were frazzled. She didn't know that, but she got to be a huge blessing to us. That happens when the body of believers comes together and, and trusts each other enough and loves each other enough to say, you know what? You're not alone. We're in this together. And so where do we pull that from scripturally? The most Either the most important scripture in the whole of the Bible or the second most. It is the most important scripture in the whole Old Testament. Uh, you can make a good argument that John 3.16 is the most important uh, scripture in the whole Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Uh, but this is either first or second because you don't have John 3.16 if you don't have the Shema. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. You may be, parents, tired of me preaching on this anytime I talk about kids. I'm tired of me preaching on it every time we talk about kids. And I told Kelly that this week. And I said, well, 
what am I really supposed to dive into in scripture? And she said, the Shema. I said, I do that every time. She's like, write it on your do- doorpost. Put it on your head. Write it on your wrist. Oh, you're supposed to repeat it a lot. Yes, Jared. Okay. Um, so here we go. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. These commandments I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. So are we supposed to talk about this a lot? Yes. It's supposed to be a moment of conversation. And this is a shift uh, in, in thinking. We treat church, it's really easy to treat church as something you do on Sunday. I checked it off my church box this week, right? It's easy to do that because it falls in line with some of those other things we do in life of, I went to baseball practice, I went to gymnastics, I did my homework, I went to work, I did my church thing, check. The problem with that thought process coming out of the Shema is, it is not something I check off. It is who I become. To impress them on your children is to mold them into who they're going to be. There will be a day where Bowen's not a baseball player anymore. That's not, cannot be a core identity of who he is. There will be a day when Kendall doesn't do gymnastics anymore over my head in her bedroom all the time. Uh, but there will be a day when that happens, but who she is Who she is molded to be has to be found in God. We impress that on our children. The rest is cupcakes and wonderful stuff and good things and fun and wonderful. But the most important of who we're molding our children to be is followers of God who love him with all their heart, with all their mind, with all their strength. Does this make sense? It's a shift. It's hard in our, in our society. We compartmentalize so much. Did you get your homework done? Okay, switch. Now, did you do this? Okay, switch. Now, boom, and switch. Boom. But through all of that, what Deuteronomy is saying to us here is impress them when you're walking, when you're talking, when you're eating, when you're sitting, when you're lying in bed, it's always supposed to be around you. There are still Jewish people today who, um, they're called Hasidic Jews, and they still have, uh, they have a little box that they put on their forehead and tie it on their forehead and it's got the Shema in it and it has it written on their, their wrist and they wear it because they take this literally. There's some uh, fun things I've se- seen when people are uh, making maybe a nursery or they've moved to a new house and it's the kid's room that they'll actually write the Shema or promises of God on the door frames and the, uh, or the walls and then they paint the walls over top of that. But the, the actual, the, the scripture you have put it on the door frames. You have, there's nothing magical in that, but it's through the prayer of that. It's this kid, this kid has prayed for it. This kid, we're trying to impress into them, mold them into who they're going to be. Maybe some ideas. If you're looking at decorating techniques, there you go. Um, or you can just go to Hobby Lobby. They sell scriptures all over the place in there. So there you go. We uh, see this Deuteronomy and we have to make it be part of who we are and who we're becoming as parents, as friends, and as kids, we participate in the Shema. Love the Lord, your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. I'm impressed this morning to think about, um, spring is happening 
finally. You know, things are going to start growing at some point. Uh, things will turn green again, and it will happen. But as we start to grow these things, as we go through the planting process, I was thinking about this message and thinking about uh, what it looks like to have these kids. Uh, It's really this act of we're planting the seeds and we're watching them grow and we have no idea what's going to happen, right? We have no idea. As parents, we planted the seed, we watered it, you know, we we do everything we can, but we have no idea what's going to pop out of that dirt, (laughs) Right, And sometimes every 15 minutes, you have no idea what's going to pop out of that dirt. You have no clue what's going to happen. You just know you're going to do the best you possibly can. So this morning, I need some helpers to kind of go through and illustrate this point a little bit more. Kids, adults, you're not invited this time. Uh, I need some helpers. I need some helpers. Who wants to help me? Ethan, you want to help me? All right. Uh, Hunter, you want to help me? Got any girls? Any girls? Bibby, come up here. All right. Now, I got some stuff. Have you guys planted anything before? I know Bowen hasn't because uh, his parents have black thumbs and we just kill everything that uh, we know. All right. Um, so what, what we got here is we're going to plant some flowers in these little guys. And so uh, if you would, without trying to make a huge mess, Ethan... I believe in you, buddy. I always make messes. I always make messes. You don't believe in yourself. That's okay. All right. Fill up this, up to this line with dirt. Okay. All right. So I got some sunflower seeds today because I'm thinking about planting. I thought about all kinds of stuff. Should I get maybe some herbs, get some rosemary in there? That'd be nice. Maybe should I get some uh, petunias? I I didn't know what I should get with with seeds. Actually, I've never planted anything with seeds so I have no idea if these are going to grow for you, but I hope, I hope we're going to do our best uh, this morning. Um, Patty, am I supposed to put like one or two seeds in here or just one? Three? See, there we go. See, this is the kingdom of God relying on each other for knowledge played out in front of you. Okay, so, so we're going to put plant three in here because that's important. Uh, don't know why, uh, but anyway, so, uh, we're going to do that because I wanted to talk, plant sunflowers in here because the sunflowers are going to do a few things. Go ahead, Hunter, fill yours up. And then Bibby, after he's done, you do that. Um, well, I wanted to plant sunflowers for, for a very specific reason. The sunflower is going to do a couple things, guys. It's going to outgrow the pot, right? It's going to outgrow the pot. Sunflower is going to be taller than me if it's healthy. Um, in Georgia, sunflowers only grow like this tall because the soil is terrible. There's an, come on now. All right. The, the soil's bad. Your sunflowers in Georgia are only about this big around and they're about this tall. Now you, yeah, wimpy sunflowers here. My neighbor grows some sunflowers. They're like this big around and they're eight feet tall, right? Because the soil is better. Now, parents, you can extrapolate the, the spiritual lesson on that because the, the spoil, the soil content aids in how well you can grow. I think parents, we're kind of like the soil. That's what we can control, right? We can control our pH balance. We can control our nutrients. We can control what we've got going on. And that's what we got here. We got some miracle grow potting mix. It's the best I possibly could put in there. That's what we can do. So then I want you to put just a smidge of a squirt of this in there. Just a, not a whole thing, not a whole pump, just a, That's enough. Just a little bit. This is a, is a fertilizer spray. 
And I, we, we focus in on this, and this makes the nutrients so good. Church, this is kind of who we are. We're not all the way there all the time, but we get to add these extra nutrients into the life of kids' lives. This is, this is what we get to do. Um, and, and so we were planning these things, the sunflowers, why I wanted to pick sunflowers is because they're going to outgrow the plot. Each one of our kids, I joke all the time. I'm just going to put a Kindle in the basement, put a lock on the door and she can come out when she's 35, right? That's not going to happen. Unfortunately, it's not baby. I know I tease you. It's, I'm going to let you out at 30. Um, <laughs> but so you have this, they're going to outgrow your, your home. They're going to outgrow that pot. And it's our job to set them up in the most, in the healthiest and the most, the best circumstances we possibly can, because you are valued folks. All right. So I'm going to give you a grab three of these seeds. Now, if they don't grow, it's Patty Mock's fault. Um, <laughs> all right. Grab three. All right, now just put them in the middle and poke them. Here, poke a hole. Whoop, whoop, and whoop, whoop. I said no messes, Ethan. <laughs> Love you, buddy. All right, did you put them in there? Did you put it, put the guys in there? All right, let's cover them up. Let's cover them up. Let's cover them up. Okay. So we planted these. Also, sunflowers are, these are uh, a evening sun mix. Uh, they're beautiful. They're all these different colors. They got, they have these, uh, they're just a gorgeous, gorgeous compilation of, of sunflower that's really well grown, but also it's functional, right? You can eat the sunflower seeds. We don't want to be just people who look pretty, right? We want to be functional as well. I want to grow kids. I don't want to grow kids that are just, oh, they're, they're, they're nice on the outside, but they're shallow. I want to be involved in kids' lives where the kids aren't just, they look fine, they, they dress nice on Sunday morning, but no, no, there's, there's depth to them. They offer nourishment to the world. That's what we're about here and why we do the things that we're doing. Now, the last thing we're going to do is we're going to water these plants a little bit. Real scientific method here of watering. All right. Oh, nice. All right. Awesome. Now, the sunflower should, in a couple of weeks, be yay high. You need to take it out of the pot and transplant it somewhere right prominent in the front yard of your house so everyone that drives by can see the sunflower. Uh, and parents, you can deal with that on your own. Kids, take your, uh, your pot down. Thank you very much for helping me out here today. So... <laughs> when we plant things, do we want to plant weeds? I'm very good at planting thistles. Anybody else? Somebody got their master's degree in planting dandelions, maybe? Uh, you know, we, 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 we do all these things and we plant bad because usually because we don't pay enough attention to the soil. We don't pay enough attention to uh, gardening. We don't pay enough attention to the placement of the, of the plants. And so uh, as we think about that, as we think about what that looks like even for our kids' lives and how we develop them and how we grow them is... I want to take a little pressure off all parents is that it's, we do the best we can with the soil. We do the best we can with the soil. I can't control all the friends they're going to have. I can't control who's going to be mean to them on the bus. I can't control what boy or girl is going to break their heart. I can't control what they're going to see on media. But what I can do is I can, I can work on the soil so I can provide the best possible nourishment they can have. Right, And as a church, that's why we focus so much on, on who we are. We focus so much on parenting. We focus so much on marriage 
Because the closer and tighter your marriage is, the better your parenting is going to be. That flows out of that. We focus so much on who you are and getting over your, the lies that you've believed and focus so much on who you can become in Christ because the healthier you are, the healthier your marriage can be and the healthier your children can be. It's all about cultivating that soil so we grow the best possible uh, plants that we can that aren't just pretty on the outside but offer beauty to the world. And as we do that, um, I was thinking going, continuing in this planting uh, vein. I was thinking about, we had a landscape architect look at some stuff here at the church. Um, very good landscape architect, but he only looked at our, ch- we got his services for free, so he never came here. He only looked at Google Maps for our, um, our landscaping. Now there's something, if you just look at top down, you're like, oh, this plant would look good here. This plant would look good here. This plant would look good there. Except when you're on the ground level of looking at our church, then you start to see the rises and the falls. You start to see where the water uh, comes. You see what's full sun, what's half sun, what's partial sun, what gets uh, no sun at all. And so as a landscape architect, you have to kind of take in all this information and figure out what plants go where because every plant needs different things. I I just learned this, by the way. Um, I was like, it's a plant. Put it there. Why does it keep on dying? Because it's a no-sun plant, Jared, and you're putting it in the middle of your backyard in full sun. Oh, okay. Right? We, we do this all the time, but as a landscape architect, their job is to figure out what colors are going to work with each other, what's going to play with each other, what's going to um, help even the water retention in certain places so this flower will bloom at the right time of the year. They think big, long-term. Well, this will bloom in September, and this will bloom in August, and this will bloom in June. Oh, cool. Oh, well, at the fall, those burning bushes are all going to be really spots of color, but those are going to be ugly. It's this really, really complex looking at how it all flows. And that's a big picture looking at the landscape narrative uh, or landscape architecture of uh, landscaping. This is what God does in our life. He looks at, oh, Josh is going to need this in his uh, part of his life. He's going to need this much water and he's going to need this much sun and Perry's going to need this here. And if I put them together at this time, they're going to work off of each other and it's going to be this beautiful thing. That's the kingdom of God. That's God's architect. Now, as Jared and his personality, he's always trying to become our landscape architect. And that's when things start dying and get too much water and things mess up. Maybe you have the same issue in your own life. Our role as parents and as even in the church is to be the gardeners. Not the landscape architect. We're not in charge. We don't know how the whole thing works. Our job is to take out weeds and to feed correctly. Right? That's our job. Let's boil it down because I want to be, play God, and I want to control everything that's going on. It's going to rain today. It snowed last week. I just want to have baseball practice. Right? Like, I can't control that. What I can't control is I can remove weeds and I can water. I I can just do a few things. I can nourish and I can protect. I can't control all the other things going on in life. And so we as a church are trying to be gardeners uh, for uh, our our people as parents. This is who we are as well. Uh, We have a resident gardener in in here today. Uh, Josh Walker, I would like you to come up. I want to interview Josh real quick. Josh, I want to have, come over here. Don't hide. Come over here. questions for you this morning. Uh, Josh, you're not doing any gardening, right? You're not doing any gardening. You don't have to do any gardening. Uh, Josh, you are a team member in kids ministry here at the church. Uh, how long have you been doing that? 
Ooh, wow. Uh, I would say probably three to four years, three to four somewhere years. in there. Okay. Yeah. Why did you start working in the back? Uh, really, I think my wife was uh, the first one to be like, hey, you know, you're not too bad of a dad. Why don't you get back there and see if you can, uh, <laughs> see if you can help out with some of the kids. And uh, yeah, that, it kind of just, I think it kind of snowballed from there and just seeing some of the, uh, some of the lessons that your mom writes. And I, I feel like I'm more excited about the lessons than the kids, to be honest. I'm like, I'm laying on the floor like this and like, kicking my legs, you know, so. But yeah, okay. yeah, that's, uh, I'd say, yeah, probably my wife. And then Tina's definitely helped as far as keeping me in there okay. so far. <laughs> so why, why did you continued because of the lessons or because why would you continue in back there? Because let's be honest, it's not always the stress-free environment. Of course it is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, oh wait, I'm in church. Uh, <laughs> um, no, no, it's, it, it really is um, a great experience as far as being back there with your guys' kids. Um, like I say, I, I learn more being back there than, I mean, possibly reading the Bible or even being up here with, like, listening to you, to be honest. I, I, it, it wasn't an insult. That kind of turned... Now, my, my mom's a better teacher than I am. It's cool. Uh, but, uh... <laughs> Being back there and being involved in, like, some of these stories, like, you know, getting to play, like, Abraham or, I mean, whatever the story is on that day, it's just, and then getting to see the kids be like, hey, are you coming downstairs today? Or are you up here with me today? Or it's, it kind of makes you feel whole, almost. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. What's the best thing about being back there? Or down there? Whichever one. Uh, it's, it's either or. I, I, I rotate around. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, the kids. They, uh, like I said, they, uh, they get so excited when they see me and, uh, it, you know, whenever like Olivia says, are you, are you up here today? And I'm like, no, I'm downstairs. And she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I know that's like, I, that's bad. Like from her standpoint, cause I don't get to see her that day, but it makes me, they want me to be there. And that's just, it's a great feeling. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. What's one thing you learned about God from the kids? Oh, wow. Uh, how, how much time do we have? Um, <laughs> 15 more minutes, so go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot, actually. Um, how, everyday interactions on how I should uh, treat people, how, I mean, coming from, like, the stories that we learn. Um, there's, I guess there's just so much to say about what I learned from being with the kids that I can't actually give you just one. Okay. Um, but just being around them, uh, it definitely, it's increased my uh, Christianity, I feel like. So, yeah, I feel closer to God just being around the kids, to be honest. So, Awesome. Thank you, Josh. Thank you for uh, being a part of the kids' ministry and being so involved in everyone's life. It's fantastic. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Thank you. We had Josh up here because... It's one of those things where you, you have, um, when I think of the, the back, I think of a few staple volunteers that have been there forever, all right? But Josh is relatively new to the church, and he's also relatively new to kids' ministry. It's not like he's been doing this for, for 15, 20 years or anything like that. But it's this example. He's also a guy. It's back there. And with, with Kent and with Josh and uh, with Dean, and I'm probably missing some other guys uh, that, that go back there, but they have such a different view because I walk into my kid's school and I don't see any guys. I don't see any guys, right? 
But when I come here, then I know there's other men pouring into my children's life here at church. That is fantastic. It's beautiful, and it's wonderful to be a part of. And I wanted to highlight that, yeah, guys can be back there too. And it's okay if you don't know what you're doing. Because let's be honest, most of us don't know what we're doing. Um, but we are blessed so much with uh, the leadership of our uh, kids' ministry with with Tina Hauser and uh, my wife, we have the people who actually wrote the curriculum that's sold nationally uh, that go to this church. Um, so that's fantastic. And so we get to be the test kitchen for all kinds of fun stuff. So if you go, holy cow, that was really weird. It's because you were a test tube today. <laughs> so, uh, and you might end up in a book. Uh, but that's just what happens. And it's such a beautiful thing to be a part of. Uh, I know I've talked to Missy several times. Like, Jared, I've learned so much more about the Bible from teaching these kids uh, in that. And it's just this wonderful partnership of having other people pour into your kids and your kids pour back into you. Uh, it's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful to be a part of. And I'm so excited that we have um, such an all-star kids team here at the church. If you want, if you're interested, you're like, you know what? I could be a part. I could do that. Um, talk to my mother. Uh, talk to my wife. Uh, talk to Missy. She's got the green shirt on. We'll get you uh, uh, on the fast track to uh, working with our kids. We have our absolute best team members in our student ministry and our kids ministry, our best volunteers. If you volunteer somewhere else, I'm not insulting you, uh, but we put our best, our absolute best in our kids ministry and our student ministry. That's where the, be- the best reside. We put them there because they're that important. It is fantastic to watch them work. It's fantastic to watch them see what they do. Uh, it's fantastic to see them partner with kids. It's wonderful when you see a, a student who's been walking in the doors and life has just kind of been ugh, beating them down. You know, we've all been 14. We know what that looks like. And then they see that volunteer, whatever volunteer that is, and their whole, the posture changes, the countenance changes, and they're like, that person gets me, that person loves me. It's beautiful to be around. It's great to see kids who come in and they've got the whole snot thing and they've been crying and you've been fighting with them in the, in the lobby and all of a sudden they see someone and they're like, Josh, and they got to get, you know, they got to do something. That is beautiful. And that's the kingdom of God at work. Um, we take this so seriously. Like I said before, a third of our church on any given Sunday is kids or, in the, uh, or kids volunteers. And that is beautiful and amazing to be a part. We get to partner with parents to create the most nourishing soil possible. We get to be like that fertilizer. We get to be the, the helpers in that. We get to garden. We get to see some weeds. Sometimes as your kids get older, you're going to see we get to see weeds in kids' lives that their parents have no idea are around. And that's not fun because then you get to help your parent, the parents weed and the kids weed. But it's just that when we've built this trust, when we've built this love, when we've built this family here at this church to say, hey, we see this going on. How's that going to go? We get to partner with each other, and it is beautiful. We get to see kids grow into these beautiful, functional, amazing people of God. Hero Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments I give you today to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road. When you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on the hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. We have some uh, Bibles you saw in the lobby today. All kinds of different Bibles. Those are all my mother's Bibles. 
Uh, so don't just take them. Uh, those aren't for free acquisition. If you need a Bible today and you don't have a Bible, you can take one from underneath the church or underneath the chairs. Those are, uh, those are, those are, if you have eight at home, please don't take one of my Bibles, but you can go out there. Those Bibles out there, we're having the little Bible, uh, Lollapalooza, if you will, um, out there because many parents ask, what, par- what Bible should I buy for my child? What should I do? What should I, what should I get? So you, you can see there is a plethora. There's all kinds of Bibles out there. Uh, mom would love to answer any of your questions about the scriptures. Take your time, look through them. Um, they are geared towards different kids at different phases of their lives. There's Minecraft Bibles. There's all these. The scripture doesn't change, okay? It's the stuff around the scripture that changes. So uh, Minecraft, I can't have my kid doing a Minecraft. It's okay. I promise you it's okay. Um, there's baseball Bibles and fishing dad Bibles and all. There's a waterproof Bible. I don't know who needs that one, but okay. Uh, so I'm going to do some swimming and reading at the same time. Uh, whatever. There's all kinds of stuff because we, what's important in my mom said before church was these Bibles don't do anybody any good sitting in someone's shelf or in my, someone's basement. They need to be in the hands of children. And so if you have questions about the scriptures or what could I get my kids, I want my kid to read the Bible. Uh, please uh, take some time after service today to check that out. And she can uh, tell you uh, how to procure those things on your own and and whatnot. Kids, you are valued and you've been awesome today. You are valued. We love you. I hope you know that you're important. We, we look around here today and there are so many little ones. There's all, there's three babies probably with an LT. Yeah. I was going to say, we have three babies in the room right now under six months. So, yeah, under five months now. Uh, that's just a little bitty things. Uh, but that's just awesome to see the joy and the excitement and the new life. We've got kids of ranging all kinds of ages in here. Kids, you are valued, whether you are a month old or you are 95. 96, I don't know if you're valued anymore, but 95, 95 you are. <laughs> Parents, you are not alone. I hope you can hear that this morning. I know it feels like you're alone. I know sometimes it feels like you're doing this all by yourself. You are not alone. We love you and we'll partner with you. Church, it's our job. We get to step up into this. This is the calling of our life. This is what we get to do. This is where joy comes from when we see kids of all ages, maybe they're not ours biologically, but they'll be ours uh, spiritually. We get to watch them grow. Let me pray for you this morning. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for these children. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for this family. God, we ask you to be with us and guide us as we try to live this out. As we as parents try to develop the best, most fertile soil we possibly can. God, we, we, we pray uh, that you would show us what we need to remove and how, what we need to add and how we need to manage that well. Lord, as we raise our kids, as we watch them grow, that we don't do that out of a place of fear. We do that out of a place of honor. That we, whenever we, are, we rise and when we walk and when we talk and when we uh, are around the dinner table, we are speaking and molding them into the word of God. Not into something else, but always showing them you. God, that you would imprint the Shema on our hearts and on our minds and on our souls. That will always be about you. That you are who we're trying to be as we follow you in all things. Lord, I ask for patience. I ask for perseverance. I ask for clarity of thought. God, as we deal with spring break this week and we get so much more extra time with our children, 
that we would be, this would be a time of cherishment, not a time of struggle. So Lord, we put our lives in your hands. We put our parenting in your hands. In Jesus name, I pray. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you all the days of your life. You are dismissed. Go with God. Thanks for joining us at church this week. I hope you enjoyed this week's teaching. If you have any questions or comments, shoot an email to office at scog.com. To continue to support our mission to reach, grow, and serve our community for Christ, you can give online at scog.com or through the app. See you next week.